<clears throat> Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Katie. And this is the Nerd Book Review. Today we will be reviewing Red Sister by Mark Lawrence. Yes, this will be our second book with the author Mark Lawrence. He was also our first uh, author that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. We didn't review that book as highly as I love the entire works of Mark Lawrence so far. This one will be a little different. It's definitely a different style of book. Absolutely. There we go. Absolutely. Are. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. You gotta Real. have a drinking game for that. Oh, man. We're yes. be so drunk by the end of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, this will be our first one back with Katie and I together. So, we'll end up being about two months in between podcasts with the two of us. But life happens. Mm-hmm. Real quick, the book stats, if you will. It is 469 hardcover pages long. It is the first book in a planned trilogy called The Book of the Ancestor. It was just released the 4th of April of this year. I'm going to say real quick that that was a fast 469 pages. I did not think it was that long. When when I read this, I was a little surprised. Well, we also read it right after reading one of the longest novels ever published. Yes. So <laughs> we had just finished to... Green Angel Tower, the sequel to Dragon Bone Chair. That we did review, yep. Yeah, which, so we've done both the sequels. Maybe we'll, we'll review those soon, maybe. Um, but yeah, that was over a thousand pages long, like 520,000 words. So this one flew by. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. So let's go ahead and have Katie read the Goodreads blurb. All right, let's see if we can get this in all one with I Was Born for Killing. The gods made me to ruin. At the convent of Sweet Mercy, young girls are raised to be killers. In a few, the old blood show, gifting talents rarely seen since the tribes breached their ships on Abeth. Abeth? I just called it Abeth. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I didn't even remember what the name of the world was. They don't mention the world's name too often. No. Nope. They just mention the corridor. Sweet Mercy hones its novice's skills to deadly effect. It takes ten years to educate a red sister in the ways of the blood. <laughs> in the bl- <laughs> I thought I was going to say blood. <laughs> in the ways of blood and... <laughs> it takes ten years to educate a red sister in the ways of blade and fist. But even the mistresses of sword and shadow don't truly understand what they have purchased when Nona Gray is brought to their halls as a bloodstained child of eight, falsely accused of murder, guilty of worse. I mean, also guilty of that. (laughs) (laughs) I really don't know what would be worse than murder. I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. And I mean, it's only technically false, not really false. I mean, we'll get about it. We'll get into that. Stolen from the shadow of the noose, Nona is sought by powerful enemies, and for good reason. Despite the security and isolation of the convent, her secret and violent past will find her out. Beneath a dying sun that shines upon a crumbling empire, Nona Gray must come to terms with her demons and learn to become a deadly assassin if she is to survive. So, I'll give my take real quick. A young girl with no connections is caught up in the politics of a world truly on the brink of destruction. Her talents make her a powerful weapon, but they have also made her powerful enemies. She must learn to swim in a brutal world in order to survive the train that will make her a true weapon. Well, 
if she's already a powerful weapon, then why does she need training that will make her a true weapon? A truly honed weapon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, unlike our last series that we reviewed from Mark Lawrence, or the first book we reviewed, this one is dominated by strong female characters. Lots and lots of women. Yes. um, Almost all of the characters who get a lot of play in the book are women. Mm -hmm. There are male characters, but they're not going to be the important people in the book. Yeah. And they also, I mean, just in general, they're, like you said, they're strong women. They have real personalities. It seems even the minor characters have, you know, they hint at them having their own internal lives, which was something I felt was missing from Prince of Thorns. Yeah. Well, one thing that I just keep, I always go back to, we talked about this in the podcast, and and you and I have talked about it multiple times since, that that was his first novel. Mm-hmm. That I mean, that was the first thing that he had done. So, and he's he wasn't you know an author by he's. I mean, he has top he has a secret, real job. He's a real <laughs> job. He's got top secret clearance with both the U.S. and the U- British government. So yeah. Oh, I was gonna say it's. I mean, a book can still stand on its own without that. Mm-hmm. But it's and the thing I thought of it's kind of like a video game where with that it's like having really good side quests. Yeah. I mean, you can do one that has just a storyline and you don't have an open world, but. That just really adds something to it when all the characters seem to have something going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, that goes back to John and I were just talking about this the other day, that the old, good old Daggerfall back in the day was the uh, first game that, that him and I played, like, I mean, I bet we played a thousand hours on mm-hmm. that game because it was the first time it was like a large open world game like that, you know, and we just kind of just went, hey, I became a vampire and a werewolf multiple times just because. (laughs) I'm pretty sure in Skyrim I joined like every faction that you could reasonably join at the same time. I I didn't go into the vampire stuff yet because I just gotten pirated that expansion (laughs) before Bran. (laughs) John did it, not me. It's his fault. We always talk about the world. It's important to both of us. As we said, this world is called Abeth or Abeth. Um, once wow. again, not real important to the story. What the world's called, the makeup of the world's going to be far more important. I thought it was colonized at some point in the past, but now the tech is medieval level. Uh, it was an ice planet, is what my guess was. But no, there's an... it wasn't an ice planet. See, the sun I... is dying, and so the ice is taken over. It sounded to me, though, like it was dying when they got there. That's what I thought. That the planet was already had troubles, and that's why they built the artificial moon. The, this might sound like we're giving up spoilers right here, but this starts. I mean, the book starts off with this stuff. This is important. Yeah. Well, I. I mean, they talk about you know, oh, all of this. Like mm-hmm. she can't imagine how all of that used to be have people on it when when the teacher tells her that that you know this, this uh-huh. globe all of that had was colonized until the ice encroached. I don't think those f- the four races landed, landed on a, a planet they already knew was dying see okay see i, I mean kinda... they don't describe it that much but it doesn't seem like that would make sense see i kind of thought that they were like refugees land just finding the nearest inhabitable yeah, I planet mean, it kind of and... reminds me of um defiance like it seems like they found a planet probably overruled anyone that was already there because there are animals Mm-hmm. They mentioned something called the missing really early on. They never 
go into say a, anything yeah. about it. So my interpretation was possibly original inhabitants. Maybe. Um, they talk about structures under the ice. They that, do. That could be theirs or not. I don't know. But I kind of got the idea that they came before the ice was so bad. Because why would they stay? Well, I kind of thought, like, I kind of got it as that, like, they were, that was just the last, like, they land, They were just looking for a planet, and that's what mm-hmm. they found. They still had the tech level when they did it to mm-hmm. make the satellite moon that every night, because it was, it's too cold, it's cold enough that everything would freeze up at night, mm-hmm. but they have a satellite that they've made that reflects the sun's rays and melts things at night, warms, warms up the night. So, I don't know. I, I see where Which you're is coming. Falling from the sky. Yes, also. the moon. Yes, the moon, and they don't have the, the moon is falling, and the sun is dying, and yes, everyone's and the, gonna die. <laughs> yes, and basically the whole premise of the the book is is that some some characters are gonna be integral in a prophecy that's gonna allow them to open up some of this old technology that will allow them to control the moon. And well, they. Think they, that's one of the theories that it might. I yes, mean, this is what one nobody of, knows what it is. Yeah, it's it's a supposed prophecy. Yeah, and so we don't know for sure if it's gonna you know be the case or not. Obviously, if it's a trilogy, they didn't solve the the case yeah. in the first book. <laughs> they didn't get too far, honestly. They didn't get too far. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised if this was like the the Black Prism ones, where you're like, oh, it's a trilogy. Wait, no, now there's four. You finish the fourth book. Wait, he never said there had to be a fifth book, but it's not over. <laughs> yes, yeah. So, um, so I guess her and I were were not entirely certain of that part. Apparently, is still a little bit uh, confusing to both of us. Yeah. Um, but it, it's not but a big like, deal. Like I said before, it could be like Defiance where, I mean, they kind of landed there. They were screwed, didn't necessarily want to be there, but something happened to where they couldn't get off. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Yeah. But the entire story for the first book, at least, will take place in one of those, uh, empires that is formed on the planet. Obviously all of them are pretty narrow. They're narrow and long empires, uh, I think that the part that's not covered by ice is only like 500 miles wide. Yeah, it's pretty small. They call it the corridor. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get the the whole nation situation very well. Mm-mm. It's hard to, for me to picture. I need maps. Yeah, were, were there any maps? I didn't see any. Yeah, I don't remember there being any. So, but that's not really... Yeah, it's not a hindrance to understanding the story. Yeah. It's just... I don't really understand some of the politics that aren't actually that important feeling. Yeah. Yet. 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 Maybe maybe they will be become more important. But yeah. either way, right now, this book is all about character building and uh, kind of giving us a background of, on the politics and things like that. Basically, as we started talking about, there were four distinct races that landed at the same time on Abbott. And I really liked... That in the intro, like he, before the prologue, he wrote like two pages that described these things. Oh, yeah. It was super helpful. And he even said in it, skip this if you don't want to know it yet. It's going to, you can come back to it. Yeah. He's like, sometimes I don't see the things in the back. Me either. Never. Yeah. So. So I, I really liked that. I knew the four races and their, you know, their basic traits. You knew about the nuns. You knew the nuns, the different orders. You had an idea. If you wanted to see the people, it said their names. It said kind of who they were, so you mm-hmm. could refer back to it easily. Yep. And then um, I think that the 
Well, I think the biggest thing for me was just having the, the four races and their traits. If you're a Hunska, then you're fast. Think like X-Men type powers, but, but everybody, if you are a Hunska, you're, you're super fast. Yeah. You don't have, like, you know, just random superpowers. Yeah. You're super fast, and they also generally have, you know, dark hair and dark eyes. Yes, and then the Gerants, they are, basically, they become giants. Yeah, what is it, like, nine feet tall, one of them? Yeah, they're... like, and they're, they have super strength and uh, super endurance. Yeah, and I don't think, I mean, and that's one of the things, like, they're not fast, but, I mean, what are you going to do when someone, like four feet taller than you has you pinned yeah like it doesn't matter how fast you are yeah and then the marjol um they have the ability to use lesser magic that's not a very good description of what they do i get kind um, of but they're more stealth yeah. so shadows and poisons yeah. and, and, i think it helps with shadow work yes and so basically they have the ability to, to not be seen the contals they have the ability to work greater magics um they have they can tap into what's called the path they can um, like project their minds. They can like create uh, like energy weapons, even like yeah, the, weird connections. Yeah, weird all connections. Sorts of stuff. Yeah, so they're it's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. But but I think that one's pretty rare, even for any of these. Yeah, and then also one thing like when we say Marjols have the ability to use lesser magic and Contals have the ability to use greater magic, it doesn't mean that someone who's a Marjol isn't as important. It, what they do, you know, as a, mm-hmm. as the contals are. But so, anyways, that's the four races, and basically those races interbred because they, I, I guess, they didn't do well on their own on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's kind of why I thought that, that it was already like it, you know. Yeah, or, I feel like because they, and they also, ha- some of them have really shorter lives, like the Durants, because like, their hearts, I think their hearts the Hunskas, because their speed. Basically when they, they have, use that up, they're using up life. Yeah, kind of like I kind of thought it was like the the they kind of have strokes or something maybe because mm-hmm. they're they're everything is moving so fast. Oh, I was kind of seeing it as always losing. They're it. kind of slowing, every, like they're moving faster. Mm-hmm. So, but that perception of time. Oh, I guess is that's... like the equivalent of a normal person's that amount of time. Oh, like, I see. That's I, how I saw it. I saw but... okay. I saw it differently. I I saw it as like that. That because of them like moving f- sometimes like blood vessels and things like that yeah. would give out because you're. Well, I mean so that would breath. be like a scientific explanation. Yes. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just like wow. Yeah. And then um, I think the consuls have. I mean, they can die really easily with the path. Yeah. Just... The path is dangerous. Yeah. The. Um... Marshall's not idea. No idea why they die. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if they even the Marjols or the Contals do die early unless they screw up somehow. Yeah. The blood's been diluted enough that most people don't show these abilities. Mm-hmm. So if someone shows one ability, then they are special. Mm-hmm. If you show two or three, like two, they said, is rare. It's very rare. It's pretty rare. If you show three, you're once in a generation yeah. for the most part type of a person. Yeah, and they... There's certain levels of showing it too, like being a little bit big. Yeah. You're, you know, I can't even remember the phrasing they used. It's different than like really showing it. Yeah. So there's, I know there, there's like basically quarter bloods, half bloods, and they call them primes, p- primes which is like three quarter blood and then pure blood, Something which, like that, yeah. Know. So, 
I can't guarantee that's right. Yes. I don't remember. But, but the prime is definitely three quarters. I remember that being basically the description. Yeah. So the, um, like I said, the powers are central to the story. Our main characters are all at a convent that are that trains young girls to use these powers to basically become weapons. Yeah, and this is there are many convents of this church. This is the only one that teaches anything other than just being a holy nun, yeah. holy sister, which yeah. is a normal nun. Yeah, so just like a nun like we would know, but yeah. they is teach. There, in, oh. oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So there's the holy nuns. The Red Sister or Holy Sisters, the Red Sisters, which are you know the soldiers. No, yeah, I think battle. The mat. Gray Sisters, which are the stealth, and I can't remember what the Holy Witch is actually called. That's just their like derogatory name that they it's call it. Yeah, is the ones that walk the path. Yeah, and there is one other um, convent that teaches people to walk the path, or not a oh, convent, but the Empire controls some people who walk who use the magic. Yeah, yeah. So I can't remember what they're called though. Yes, so. Uh, the church... I think that's also... It seems like it's only men, too, in the other one. Was it? Maybe. It, it seems like it's almost like the equivalent of monks. And it's like kind of sort of like it's right next to the emperor's palace or something. Yeah. Anyway. So, okay. And then um, the church, kind of think of it as like power structure of the Catholic church during medieval times. Because um, I know so much about the Catholic church during medieval times. Like a primacy... But um, the emperor is powerful enough to to have his own power. So I guess think mm-hmm. of it more like, for those super nerds out there, more during the French Avignon period, when the uh, the empire is more, impor- more powerful than the church, but the church still has an awful lot of influence. Well, there are, there are other religions that they don't seem to persecute against. Yeah, they're, they're, they're minor, but... And they're not... Uh, when we say not persecuted, mean like there's no inquisition. Yeah. They're not tolerated in like civilization. They're more tolerated out on the fringes. Yeah, like in their little villages, nobody cares that they're worshiping a star or nature. Yeah, but if you're out in the main, if you're in one of the big cities, then you at better be in, at least in this empire. Yes. We only know about this. Yes, this kingdom. Yep, empire. I think he's an emperor. Yep. And then the other um, big, I guess, struggle in this story is power and the class structure. So Nona, Nona, sorry, Nona, (laughs) our main character, she is going to have an awful lot of power in terms of her abilities. But she was just a poor peasant girl out in the, from the sticks, basically, and she doesn't have any sort of real benefactors in terms of, like, important families. And so she's going to struggle an awful lot, even though she is powerful. And if she was one of the, you know, someone from one of the major houses, then she would probably be, you know, like, people would be saying she's the chosen one or something like that. But even though she's not, she's going to have that take put against her by, you know, by people who should be backing her even, really. Mm-hmm. People that should be on her side. Because she's a nobody, and I think at some point, even because she's just a Hunska and yeah. not like one of the magic users, basically, they're yeah, they, they wouldn't even entertain the idea, yeah, that she could be important. Yeah, the girls don't always make the best of choices, I think, but 
they're kids. Like this yeah. is really they're like ten, eight to ten years old when they when we start the story. Yeah, I think maybe twelve by the end because it does. Skip. I think thirteen. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, because because it does. It mentions that some of them are thirteen. So yeah, so we're talking like kids and young teen girls for the most part, and even though these kids are made, being made into weapons, they still are just kids, you know. Yeah, and I mean the main character, she's very introspective and she like thinks about things but also makes really poor choices which were it not a 10 year old would be like a little bit of disbelief but you can kind of see like well she doesn't trust anybody after what's happened so obviously she's not going to go tell someone of authority that this happened things are going to go Real rough for a while and just well, keep getting worse. The thing is, is that she's probably a 10-year-old with PTSD. Yeah. I mean, and anytime she's shown how powerful she is in the past, it's made people um, scared of her mm-hmm. and um, hate her. Reject her, try to kill her. Yeah. I mean, she does, she struggles with other things, too. It's, foremost to me is the idea of, like you know, friendship and love and how to bond with other people and i really like how the female relationships are dealt with in this like the way the friendships grow and she kind of learns from it and the main characters kind of go in and out of friendships not always the way you would expect and it's even though some people might be more uh combative about things it overall i feel like i mean they're really strong female relationships okay yeah, it's never, you know what, I feel like there's only a couple people in it that are really catty, and, uh, you know, Clara, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, so, uh, getting into our recommendation phase that we do, do we like it, uh, who do we think should read it, who shouldn't read it, all that good stuff. I, think I... you shouldn't read it. You're banned from the next two. Oh, no. <laughs> um, You're not mature enough. <laughs> I think this is a young adult novel. No, I can't be a young adult novel. Like, I feel like it's not as dark as his previous ones, but I feel like it might get darker. However, I think I read somewhere that it was a young adult novel. I just, I just thought of that. I just put it out there. All right. Well, like I read that it was a young adult novel. Okay. So, anyway. <laughs> I'm not confirming that. And I'm also not saying it should be a young adult novel. No, I, I don't know that it should. I'm just saying that. Maybe compared to Prince of Thorns. Yeah. In his yeah. perception, maybe this is a young adult novel. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it doesn't include a lot of sex. Obviously, we're dealing with eight, ten-year-old girls. There are a couple of mentions, just that some of the older girls like to share beds. And there's some implications that maybe they are having relations but there's no there's no other description of it yeah it just i think it mentions it no yeah that there's the girls are in the same bed and their feet are moving or the women yeah sorry or yeah or so there is a mention of an adult uh relationship but there is absolutely no sex other than that you know but there's plenty of violence and gore and (laughs) death you know limbs popping off so i guess in a modern world it's 
it's PG thirteen in terms of because in America you can have you can eight thousand murders as long as there's no sex, yeah. no boobies. <laughs> yes. Yep. Oh no, as long as there aren't too many boobies. Oh okay. Yes. And as long as they're not breastfeeding boobies, that's <laughs> yeah. obviously R rated. Yes, clearly, <laughs> clearly. So, um, so if she thinks this is a young adult, I guess you can see where the the world of young adult is anymore. Maybe. Um, but going on to the, I loved the book. I thought that it was a super easy read, uh, wildly entertaining. I read it, I think, in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I did too. Yeah. One of them was a travel day. So. Yeah. So I think we had eight hours traveling between uh, Nice in France and Venice, uh, which, by the way, both places very beautiful. Venice is cool for a day or two. Pisa, cool for an hour or so. Florence, yeah. cool it, for like a week. Oh, yeah. At least. Yeah. Uh, Pisa, I can now say that I went and saw the Leaning Tower of Pisa, but that's all I'm going to say about Pisa. Also that we went randomly into the University of Pisa buildings until you found somewhere to pee. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in Europe, there are no public bathrooms. It is yeah. absurd. Um, it was a quick read. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we quick were. read. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, after getting sidetracked. Um, I'm not going to say it's quite on par with um, Jemison when it comes to being a social commentary, but it's definitely not just a slash and hacker type book, you know? No, there's there's tons of character development, yep. lots of relationships, suspense. Yep, and especially coming from kids, there's a lot of sense of justice and injustice. Um, Nona really feels like there's a lot of injustice in the world but just the way that a lot of her friends that she knew from before uh, or when she was getting brought to the monastery how they're treated poorly because they're they were poor yeah and so or different we're yeah. different yeah and so there's a, that you know that's the kind of stuff that's in there and i guess if you're talking young adult type stuff there's the moral stories right there but um so it's definitely um it has some social commentary, even if it's not quite on the, the Jemison level, where I thought that was the, the main part of the story, you know? Mm-hmm. It's definitely an important uh, sub-part of the story. Though, one other thing about this that did remind me of the Jemison one is that I like that there's, like, just generally low-key, like, gay and lesbian relationships, polyamorous relationships in Jemison. Mm-hmm. Also in Jemison, like, a transgender woman. Yeah. Like, and it's never even discussed like yeah. it's just there it's normal uh-huh even though this is like a nuns yeah Whatever. but they're not yeah but we're not thinking like the same like the christian morality no code, you no know? we're not i'm just saying that yeah. like even in most places students you know in the same school would be yeah. an issue even if it wasn't religious yeah but okay yep yeah. um lawrence once again does fight scenes very well i think there's a, a lot of authors will get into like a big massive battle scene and i think that because i tend to just visualize things i don't see the details as well mm-hmm. often and he does really good one-on-one fight scenes in yeah. in all of his books all what now seven of them that i've read I feel like he does a great job of where and with the way I picture things as opposed to, you know, going over line by line detail. I imagine his fight scenes better than a lot of other people. Yeah. And I think a big part of that in this one for me was that it was hand to hand combat. So I had an easier time visualizing it. Uh-huh. 
in some of those other ones, I don't necessarily know what the weapons look like. And rather than looking it up, because they're describing it as similar to something that I don't know. Uh Because I don't know that much about, like, medieval weaponry. Yeah. And when I should just look it up. Which is, like, (laughs) I don't know, some kind of, like, axe-like situation. And then I just picture something random. Yeah. But I also uh, very much enjoyed this book. Um, I don't remember being, like, an 8 to 10 year old. I, I, I mean, I don't know if children are usually this reflective and introspective. <laughs> However, I mean, I really like her as a character yeah. overall. And I don't feel like she is a 10-year-old with the personality of the 40-year-old writing it. I feel like it... And it's not a 10-year-old with a super juvenile... She's not... God, what was... Oh, it was uh, Simon... Where I was like, oh my god, this 13-year-old or whatever he was mm-hmm. has got to just get over this. And grow up, yeah. Yeah. She She's not like a whiny 10-year-old yeah. by any means. I mean... She makes poor decisions sometimes, but even adults do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> even I do that daily. <laughs> and then uh, on the how did it make us feel thing, I literally just kept wanting to turn the page. There were multiple occasions where i almost just i was like i'm just gonna skip this part and come back to it because i want to get to this next like i want to get to what i know is gonna happen (laughs) because he it just things were set up so well and i didn't i made myself go back and read those things i know i hate it my eyes will jump to the bottom of the page to see if like i can catch something (laughs) (laughs) and then go back up because i don't want to ruin it but i I still want to see yeah so uh but i uh it was definitely suspenseful and it was a great way to pass our travel time oh absolutely yeah it was it was a great read i'm so glad it's a series like yeah i i wouldn't mind if it was gonna especially because he is pretty reliable at getting books out on a schedule i wouldn't mind if it was supposed to be like a seven book series oh yeah and this is the first one that came out like two months ago i'd be okay waiting (laughs) yeah so uh, we kind of already talked more a little bit about the recommendation of who should and shouldn't read it. But just real quick that this is for anyone who loves fantasy books or this isn't really a sci-fi book, even though it's got a little bit of sci-fi element to it. But um, this is the kind of book if you have teenage girls that who you're trying to get to read fantasy books, like maybe this is the kind of book that that you could get them into it, you know, with, with strong female leads. Yeah, I'd say probably 16 yeah and up yep but yeah definitely it's i would really i definitely recommend it it's got a ton of interesting characters there's different you know fun races environments the history and culture is really interesting yep and the little you know these girls don't need a big strong man to come save them because some of them are big strong women yeah because <laughs> <laughs> some of them are gerants as well so yeah. they are also large large yeah. people so <laughs> all right so let's get into our last little bit of the rating. Uh, I'm going to give this a five star and not a we give out real loosey goosey ratings. I'm loosey giving this one a real I think this is a five star book and the beginning of a five star series. Yeah, I also give it five stars because the time it's going to take for the other books to come out, I'm going to have to reread it quite a few times. <laughs> and by the time it's finished, it's probably going to be in my top five trilogies. Oh, there we are. So. You're probably only going to have to wait two or three years. So 
to before you have the the series done if it really does end up being a trilogy. So I know certain people that we uh, Hazen, who has been on the podcast, often doesn't finish or start a series until it's done. Oh yeah, my sister will not. I don't recommend things anymore, no matter how good they are. If she ha- if it's not yeah. done, yeah. So, but this is a series. Oh that... gosh, she was so mad when she went and saw The Hobbit, the first movie, because she didn't realize it was going to be three movies. <laughs> she was so mad when it ended. <laughs> oh god. Oh jeez. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Alrighty then. Oh, well... but um. So they already Amazon already has the next one up. It's going to be called Grey Sister, and it's coming out in April of 2018, exactly a year after this one did. Mm-hmm. So realistically, the uh, third will be out either for Bran's fourth or fifth birthday. <laughs> there you are. I mean, he still will be a year or two too young to be reading it, but... <laughs> Present for me oh, for his I birthday. Oh, right. I see. All righty then. So our next podcast will be The Forever War by Joe Haldeman. It is considered one of the two best military sci-fi books ever, along with Starship Troopers. Along with Cameron reviewing that will be a special guest, Casey. Casey is another one of my fraternity brothers, and guy who has been my buddy since we were in kindergarten. So, I mean, him being your (laughs) fraternity brother is just incidental. Because you've known him since kindergarten. So. Well, I guess so. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he went to the same college as me and, you know, joined the same fraternity. So, yeah. Well, if you uh, enjoyed the podcast, please rate and review. I mean, I guess you can if you didn't like it, but, I mean, <laughs> it's your choice. Yes, but we would enjoy some uh, positive reviews. We really need reviews. Uh, if you don't have reviews, then it doesn't show up as much on, like, iTunes or... Stitcher. Stitcher. <laughs> so. Also, you can email us at nerdbookreview at gmail.com or visit our website at nerdbookreview.com. Sounds good. I think that's it. It's, right. I, I think it's been a while since we've said that. So it I has remember. been. <laughs> so, once again, <laughs> since Katie, we clearly did the outro at a different time where Katie has almost no voice. Please rate and review us. You can email us. We would appreciate emails at nerdbookreview at gmail.com. Go ahead and email us if you have any comments, positive or negative. Suggestions, anything. Yeah, if we, you have a book. We like feedback. Yeah, if you have a book that you want us to review, then go ahead and do that as well. All right, have a good one. Thanks.